0: Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire podcast and the Mindset Matters edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey. And are you still clear on your intended destination or has it changed? Join us for this In our series of Mindset Matters, listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast Mindset Matters episode. I think we're about episode number 30. Now, a little bit different show tonight because uh, Stephanie could not make it. And we have deadlines when we do these recordings and Stephanie uh, had to be in Alberta but the show must go on. We couldn't even use technology to make it happen because she had a very busy schedule, some family things going on. So I said, "No, I'm going to try it on my own." So I have no idea how this is going to go, but I'm going to uh, give it a go. So what showed up for me in doing the show this week was, you know, as we started rolling out our shift coaching program, setting honest intentions for transformation. And along that comes, you know, more work with clients and conversations with people. And something that often shows up is in coaching clients is there's always a story, and the story is about what's happened often in the past, some fear of the future. Anxiety is something that troubles a lot of people, and I know myself that you know anxiety can sneak up on me. And I think that if I didn't have the tools to deal with it, it could be, uh, I don't know, it could really be overwhelming for me. But I use my meditation. I use my breathing techniques. I use the kind of self-talk to bring me back into the present. Now, I don't know what the title of this quote is. It was written by a guy by the name of Alan Watts. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to really slow down and hopefully you're able to listen to it and the message within it. And then I want to talk about it a little bit. I want to kind of give you some of the insights that I gained from this particular quote. Now, it is, it's it's like probably a couple minutes long, but let me, let me work with it. I'm going to read it. And uh, so pay attention. I'll slow down a little bit and uh, give you some time to kind of process what's coming at you. So in this quote, Alan wrote, no amount of anxiety makes any difference to anything that is going to happen. We are living in a culture entirely hypnotized by the illusion of time in which the so-called present moment is felt as nothing but an infinitesimal hairline between a causative past and an absorbingly important future. We have no present. Our consciousness is almost completely preoccupied with memory and expectation. We do not realize that there never was, is, nor will be any other experience than a present experience. We are therefore out of touch with reality. The future is a concept. It doesn't exist. There is no such thing as tomorrow. There never will be because time is always now. That's one of the things we discover when we stop talking to ourselves and stop thinking We find there is only present, only an eternal now. The truth is revealed by removing things that stand in its light, an art not unlike sculpture in which the artist creates, not by building, but by hacking away. To go out of your mind at least once a day is tremendously important. By going out of your mind, you come to your senses as muddy water is best cleared by leaving it alone. It could be argued that those who sit quietly and do nothing are making one of the best possible contributions to a world in turmoil. Now, that says a lot. And I'm running a risk, I guess, of reading it. I don't process well that kind of thought process Uh, by listening to it hopefully some of you are auditory and and you can pick up on it but let's just break it down a little bit you know it's so interesting that I put a title in this you know in my notes called be present seems simple doesn't it and the opening line of no amount of anxiety makes any difference to anything that is going to happen and anxiety lives in the future for most and the reality of it is that Nothing that you're worrying about today, nothing that the anxiety that you're carrying is going to make a difference to what's going to happen in the future. But it's interesting because he makes a note, we are living in a culture entirely hypnotized by the illusion of time in which the so-called present moment is felt nothing but as an infinitesimal hairline between a causative past and an absorbingly important future. We have no present. Now, it's so interesting that when I read that particular line, we start to realize that being present isn't just not moving. It's actually mentally, emotionally, spiritually being aware of what's happening. To sit and be aware of your breath. To sit and be aware of your children to actually be present and not looking. And I, and this showed up for me is that, you know, video, I watch a lot of video. I read, I read through a lot through video. I absorb a lot of stuff through video. And I realized uh, some time ago now that I think there's a bit of an addiction with that so that my brain is always engaged. Now, if it wasn't for my journaling, if it wasn't for my practice of journaling and my practice of meditation and being present, it's actually a a practice for me. And I see it now more than ever when I fall out of that, when I go off course. And the next thing I know, I'm not being present. I'm always looking at what's next, what's next, what's next. And technology has allowed me to do that. Now, I also see that with those around me. The other side of that equation is really interesting is I'm a future thinker. I look into the future and I think about the future. It's part of of course, me looking economically, what's going on to share with the RAIN community, the Real Estate Investment Network community of how I see a future economically. So I'm always looking there. I'm looking for signs and signals and indicators and data and all of the things that go with that. Now, that's my space. Lots of people future think, but I've discovered with in working with a lot of clients is that they spend a lot of time in the past. They spend a lot of the time thinking about the reason they're where they are today was because of something that happened in the past. The trauma that they may have suffered, the life that they had led up to today. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be this way. I wouldn't have the challenges that I have. I would be, you know, I would just be in a different place if it wasn't for my past. And it's interesting that one of the things that I've developed is a skill in terms of not hanging on to the past. I've got no attachment to the past. I was sharing with a friend today, we were chatting about it a little bit. And I said, you know, it's interesting about the past is what shows up for me in the past, but doesn't drive me. It doesn't charge me is that I have moments where I remember those embarrassing moments. Hopefully this podcast won't turn out to be an embarrassing moment, by the way, but I'll put the risk out there. But the point is, is that that's what shows up for me. I've trained myself over the years and developed skills and real. And my reality is now is that, no, I have nothing in the past that has happened. Number one, I can't change it. So I have to, you know, I've developed a way to not deal with it. Or I shouldn't say not deal with it. I dealt with it many years ago. I healed whatever wounds I had, but now nothing hangs out in my past. Now, here's the thing about it. I have a fundamental kind of belief now that, the past doesn't exist. Now, this isn't mine, by the way. This was something that I picked up a long time ago in a meditation with Kyle Cease in one of his meditative meditation seminars. But the past doesn't exist. And I then extrapolated that. I Like I dwelled on that. I went, yes, that's so true. The past is gone. There is no past. There is actually only our story of the past. And by the way... Our story is no longer the truth. It has been filtered. It has been adjusted. It has been dreamt. And so we sit here today thinking about a past, blaming a past that was seen through a set of filters that you no longer have. Your filters are changing daily for many, or at least on an ongoing basis. And that story that you've embedded in your brain is just not the truth. It is your truth but it is not the truth. And when we start to realize there is no past, it is a way to help us heal, to get past what was. Now, I'm not saying, and I'm I'm not a professional when it comes to any dealing with trauma, whatever that trauma might be, but I do realize that I too suffered trauma and I healed it and I was able to heal it in different ways by doing the work. Now, this is many years later now, and I've come to realize that, I've just not hung out in the past. Now, why is this kind of conversation? It's not about me. It's the reality of that, like many, I too had a story of the past. I too live into the future. I too struggle with staying present. Now, what does this all mean? When we look at this particular, I guess we'll call it quote, by Alan Watts, He says, our consciousness is almost completely preoccupied with memory and expectation. We do not realize that there never was, is, nor will be any other experience than present experience. We are therefore out of touch with reality. And it's so true, isn't it? And so today, you know, this conversation or this monologue, if you will, is really about reminding ourselves and giving ourselves cues or signals. It could be... You know, uh, uh, use technology, use a bong on your your phone that pops up and, you know, rings out every couple of three or four or five hours, just as nothing else as a reminder to take a breath, to remain present, go back to the breath. And that would be perhaps helpful when we're having a stressful day, when we're really engaged in worrying about something that could go wrong, might go wrong, has gone wrong, and the consequences are in the future, Uh, it could be helpful to bring yourself to being present. The truth is, okay, the truth is revealed by removing things that stand in its light. An art, not unlike sculpture, in which the artist creates, not by building, but by hacking away. The truth is revealed By removing things that stand in its light, being present, not being into the things in the future or the things of the past, shedding those by hacking those away brings you to where you are today. So to go out of your mind at least once a day is tremendously important. By going out of your mind, you come to your senses. Now, it's interesting that often I use meditation, but I also realize that, you know, Stephanie and I live on a beautiful property, five acres, uh, and I love working the ground. I love working the dirt. I love chopping trees and doing things. And for me, that's almost meditative. It takes me out of any kind of forward-thinking story and makes me present into the project that I've got going on because I'm so into it. But I also journal. I also clear my brain of those certain thoughts that you know go swirling around in my head. I start to pay attention to things like my self-talk because like most normal people, monkey brain will take over. you know that monkey chatter that goes on in your head and uh, you know human beings' heads you know is is a normal thing, but then you can't let it control you. you, let, you can't let it take over, take you over. You actually have to be aware of it and bring it into a form that you can kind of deal with. And one of the ways to do that is journal it, write it, get it out of your head. Stephanie and I have talked about that before in a couple of other podcasts. And muddy water is best cleared by leaving it alone. It could be argued that those who sit quietly and do nothing are making one of the best possible contributions to a world in turmoil. Now, even if we don't think in terms of quantum physics and consciousness and thinking about a world in turmoil, I happen to believe that we're all connected. I happen to believe that we are all energy. We are all consciousness. We are all connected at some level. Now that aside, let's go back to as muddy water is best cleared by leaving it alone. It could be argued that those who sit quietly and do nothing are making one of the best possible contributions. And we could change that to just say, to your world, your world that's inside your head. And meditation is interesting. I talk to people and clients who can't meditate. I hate it. I hate it. My mind won't shut up. Like, I can't shut off my head. Because they have a story that meditation should be silent. There should be no... So, like there should be no talking in your head. Now, there are moments in time, almost 30 years later of meditation, I've had moments in time where it was like, oh, there was nothing. Oh, guess what? There was just that. When I realized there is nothing, I say there's in my head, I go, oh, this is like, I'm talking to myself in my head. I go, no, it's there. But all the chatter had gone away. So it's an interesting experience to have. It's not common. Now, here's the thing about meditation that people get so caught up in this story that it should be silent. And the reality of it is that you're never going to silence your mind. You're never going to shut your brain off. And the goal with meditation, and I'm not a meditation expert, but I can tell you my experience. And I can tell you that this is how I've been coached and guided in meditation, which is to not grab a thought and go with it. So in other words, a thought comes, you let it go. Go back to the breath, you know, go back to the breath. And meditation is letting those thoughts come and letting those thoughts go. Because like muddy water, when left alone, things get clear. When we are in meditation, when we take the time, even a few minutes to be present, to have those breaths to quiet or at least slow down our mind, to let those thoughts come and to let those thoughts go. And meditation on a regular basis in a frantic, chaotic world that so many of us deal with, and I shouldn't say I do, uh, but you know I'm at the effect of what's going on in the world the same as everybody or anybody. And you know, I don't go into a you know a corporate office, for example, and you know I've created and Stephanie and I've created an amazing environment to work, and my team works from home, and they've created amazing environments for themselves and that chaos probably we're not at the effect of it on a day to day basis like many are, but we have our own version of chaos, our own version of being in our heads and wanting to perform, wanting to deliver, wanting to be the best in the world and to have an impact. You know, me coming into doing this podcast, I go, oh shit, like this is crazy. Now I didn't meditate before I came in. I might have to do a meditation afterwards before I push send and, uh, you know, take it, send it to the team to produce. But my point is this, is that we all have our version of chaos, whatever it is for you the one thing that i think this world has created this past you know couple of years thankfully covid has seems to have slowed down for now and but here's the thing you know there's a possibility that it's going to come back and then now it's a bird flu and now it's inflation and it's possible food shortages and oh my gosh it's like talk about future thinking now how do we number 1 look at that future and say, okay, do we have to make some decisions? Perhaps you do. You're going to make decisions based on what it is for you, but we can't live there. And I want to just encourage or suggest that you come back to being present, to clearing the chatter, whether that be with meditation, whether that be with journaling, whether that be having just a very calm, collective conversation with your significant other, a cup of whatever, coffee, tea, a quiet drink, an opportunity to get away from the kids perhaps, but to really slow down and have a conversation that expresses perhaps some of your fears and also some of what you're excited about in the future, where you see that going, and then come back to being present, to being present with your significant other, with your friend, whatever that might be, by the way, with yourself. Come back to the breath. Just be grounded, if nothing else, for a few minutes. Now, I share this quote, and that was all kind of prior to what I really was looking at in terms of the message that I wanted to share. And that quote showed up, and I was adding it to what I talk about often with my guests on the podcast and have, you know, really come to recognize that the most successful individuals and how do you measure success? I don't even like to use that word. I don't know why I just did, but those who we admire, okay, we'll just say that we admire them for what they've accomplished. We've admired them for what they're, what they, the difference they make in the world and what they bring to the world. But it's all to say this is they do that and they all have some kind of a, I'm going to say a healthy routine. Now, some of it is mornings. Most of them are morning people, but they're not all morning people. But here's what I've come to have conversations, whether it's on air or off air, because sometimes I'm having conversations before and after. But what I've come to realize is they really emphasize the need for a routine. And I'm going to use morning routine. And that is that they really covet sleep. You know, the days are gone where People thought that, you know, sleep was for the weak. It's not. Sleep is actually so, so important. And I can say that I've even had my own history of going, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, go. I got work to do. I got things to do. But the point of it is, is that over the past several years now, uh, I don't know what it's been. I say several, six, seven years, I've really been focused on sleep and getting a quality of sleep. Now, am I successful at it? not particularly. I'm an early riser. I have always been. I was born. I came out of the chute that way. You know, My mom has all sorts of stories about when I was just a kid and being out the door at five o'clock in the morning. I'm still that way today. And I don't necessarily sleep all that well, the quality of my sleep. Now, I've consciously improved on it, which is interesting. But for me, six and a half, seven hours, seven hours of sleeping in, But a six and a half is my sweet spot. Now, I do monitor it. I happen to use a Fitbit, but I monitor my sleep using that device, that technology. I think there's a ring out there called Aura, which is another. But the point is, is monitor They all had that same kind of thought process that sleep was so important. It was a time for their their mind, their body, which was, you know, you need that sleep to rest, to rebuild you know, it's anti-aging. And at this point in my life, gosh, I can do anything to do anti-aging. But it really is a key to living a longer and healthier life. And your body ultimately needs time to go through, you know, the cycles. You know, so sometimes you'll hear people go, oh, gosh, I had to get up at P at 3.30 in the morning. Many years ago, that was something of me. It was like every night I'd look over 3.30. Oh, my gosh, right? And then the understanding from my wellness coach at the time, you know, he pointed out, he goes, yeah, 3.30 is about when the kidneys do what they need to do, which is to cleanse. And so everything kind of, you know, all of your organs go through a cycle while you're sleeping. Apparently, I don't know this to be true, but I believe it. So therefore, it is true, I guess. But ultimately, it goes through a cycle. And it's part of the cleansing cycle, if you will, the health part of your body gives it time to rest and your organs actually go through a cycle at different times throughout the evening. Now, here's the thing about sleep we know that high performers do sleep now you know i i know there's business guys out there and there's billionaires out there that you know they they sleep on the factory floor you know so um i'm i'm only going to say that you know that's great and if if you are a billionaire okay go sleep on the factory floor but my point is is that i i prefer to get my 6 or 7 hours of sleep and not be a billionaire okay but still high performers You know, it helps reduce stress. It really sets you up to be awake and present and successful as you go through your day in terms of your ability to think clearly and to respond clearly. That's the point of it. Now, here's the thing about sleep. This is something that Stephanie and I did many years ago, which was we created a sleep environment, if you will. We have a room, a bedroom that we just sleep in. That's it. Our Dressers aren't in there. It's just the bed, no TVs. We do use electronics in terms of I will put in a headset to listen to my Calm app because the Calm app really helps me sleep. So what I've come to realize is it's a way for me to shut my brain down, shut it off because you can only have one thought at a time. You may have heard us share that before. You cannot have two thoughts happening at the same time. We think we do, but we don't. So when you listen, for me, what I realized around the Calm app, which is just an app, it's, you know, I pay for it, but it's all to say that when I listen to that Calm app, it's actually bedtime stories, so funny, but they work. I don't think I've ever heard one story the whole way through uh, because I fall asleep. The point is, is, it really is a way if you're focused on that story, all your day goes away, all the future think goes away, all the projects you may have on the go, go away. So it's an interesting way for me to fall asleep. But the other thing is, is that our bedroom, the temperature is is cool, very cool. It's dark. There's nothing else in there. It's meant for sleep. So we've created an environment to do that. So and then also around, you know, being present, being aware of what's happening is giving yourself the time to look after yourself. And I may, mean that mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and, you know, for a physical, on the physical side of it, you got to move your body. And if that's a great workout, that's awesome. Uh, you know, get yourself uncomfortable because you know, you if you're being uncomfortable, you're pushing yourself, you're stretching yourself and, you know, work up a sweat. If nothing else, get a good walk in. You know, this is an interesting conversation around the difference between wellness and fitness. There are some very fit individuals who are actually not all that well. You know, my, you know, I shared this story before, you know, my mom's 94 years old. The one thing I know about my mom and I always, to this day, if she could do it, she would, she can't anymore, but ultimately she walks. And if you do nothing but walk 30, 40 minutes every couple of days, your wellness goes off the chart, your wellness, not your fitness, but even your fitness improves, but your wellness goes off the charts, your breathing, Right you're getting oxygen happening into your brain and that's all, ha- that's all healthy. You're getting your heart pumped up. So the other thing to do uh, you know, beyond the meditation is making those lists. One of the practices that I've committed to um, doing that I didn't do before and I knew of it, I just didn't do it, which was part of slowing my brain down at night is making a list of what I got to get handled or what I might be worried about before I go to bed. Takes me five minutes, seven minutes, and it gives me some time to just get it out of my head. It's written down. I know what I got to do, and it's a way for me to be present so I can go to sleep. So, this particular podcast, folks, like I say, you know, Stephanie wasn't able to make it. I thought I'd give it a shot, and uh, I just know that as I do things, I will actually improve. I, I'm, I'm really, I got to share with you this. I'm so tempted to stop recording and redo this whole thing but i'm not going to i'm going to push it out and unless the team sends it back you're going to be hearing about you're going to be hearing this particular podcast so anyways folks i hope this has been beneficial meditation journaling looking after yourself getting some sleep being present remembering, remembering that no amount of anxiety makes any difference to anything that is going to happen. So how do we crush anxiety? Well, be present, folks, and uh, use the tools to do that. And by the way, if you're interested in joining us on our Shift Journey, it's a six-month coaching program with Stephanie and I. You can go to the theeverydaymillionaire.ca. It's there, and I ishiftthinking.com or ca, and you can find out what our coaching program is all about. We're excited about it and uh, we kicked that off May 17th. So uh, hopefully you would be interested in joining us. So thanks everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you the listener. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo@raincanada.com. At That's ceo@r-e-i-n-canada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick O.